podcast for those who suffer, which is everyone. It's a space where we can speak honestly about what it feels like to be in desolate places without losing hope. Welcome to In the Thicket. Welcome back to this third week in our Lenten series. We're so happy to have you back with us. And this week we're looking at the book of Numbers, chapter 21, verses 4 to 9, which is the story of the bronze snake. If you're familiar with Father Dave Favanka, he's the current president of Franciscan University and has had ministries like the Wild Goose. He has this great line from an old series of his called Freedom, that says the source of our suffering becomes the focus of our faith. And he says this in reference to this particular passage and how it prefigures Christ on the cross and how we have to come to the cross, which is this place of suffering and pain and sin, but also the place of salvation and love and glory. So these are all of the things that we're talking about this week, and we're excited to have you with us. Hi, everybody. How's it going? Hey, Nicole. Erin, you're just making this hilarious face. <laughs> <laughs> it was an excited face, like, so Aaron, good. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But you also were sticking your tongue out a little bit, which is delightful. Yeah. <laughs> and um, my eyes are very large. I realized when I good. looked at myself, I was like, I look terrifying now and not <laughs> excited for life. That is, this is a weird look. Super random. There's a show on Netflix called Upload. It's really, it's an interesting premise. It's like um, these people, instead of dying, they have a choice like right before they die to like upload their consciousness into a computer Ooh. reality and they live in this digital reality. It's a really interesting concept. And they have, um, and they have to like pay for it though. So it's like only yeah. the rich people get to upload and it's a whole kind of situation. Mm. But anyways, is this like, they were poking fun of like, at like really just stupid rich people people purchases, I guess sometimes. And one of the uploads is visiting with somebody else who hasn't seen them in a long time. And they're like, Oh my gosh, you look so pretty. And she's like, and she's kind of a bimbo character. And she's like, Oh my gosh, thank you so much. I had my tongue lengthened. And then she sticks her tongue out. <laughs> it's like a digital so they can, you know, alter whatever. Right. And I was like, that's so, it's weird. It's funny that you say that. Cause I was listening to an actual interview on CBC the other day about oh, like real life. Like I just random turned the radio on. Yeah. And there was this guy talking about, um, about basically exactly that like how you can kind of they're working on like downloading your persona into a computer so that after you die you would basically like this persona of you or this like copy of you would be able to interact with people weird. and I was like that like, Jesus Jesus you have to come do you have to come to me, please please <laughs> come now please just come now this is too weird this is too weird this is too oh much gosh, that is too weird That's that good. is too weird that is yeah. too weird okay before we get too long into to this um tangential yeah, conversation mm. about the state of the world um hi everybody i'm nicole <laughs> and would you like to introduce yourselves really quickly mm-hmm. yes i'm aaron and i'm nice rachel yeah <laughs> hi guys nice. yeah thanks for tuning in um okay so we are we are recording our episode in our lenten um lenten series today mm-hmm. but we happen to be recording on saint patrick's day and so I was wondering, what do you, you know, how do you guys celebrate St. Patrick's Day? Erin, you're a little bit Irish, aren't you? Yeah. So my last name, Kinsella, which is like the, well, I was going to say anglicized version, but that's dumb because the Irish speak English. But I mean, when you talk about, anyways, my name, if you are in Ireland, I think is Kinsella. So I've been told mm. as opposed okay. to Kinsella, which makes sense. Yeah. Oh. I still have not been though, but does it like mean oh. something? 
like woman kinswoman or something? Uh, I have no idea. I but just Aaron means Ireland. So oh, that's, wow. my sister's name is Kelly, which is also Irish. Um, yeah. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I didn't know Aaron meant Ireland. Mm-hmm. And peace, totally... apparently. Huh. Which oh. makes me laugh a little bit because I'm pretty like boisterous for having a name that means <laughs> yeah i get it you're not like karen <laughs> that's right i'm not it's not really zen you know but whatever okay. i love it that's so mm-hmm. cool no. yeah well what do you do then mm-hmm. for st st patty's day like do you have mm-hmm. any crazy conditions so not gonna lie in university it used to be just obviously it's like a big excuse for everybody who's not irish to be irish for the day so yeah. um a friend of mine and i for like a number of years in university would start like early in the morning we go have a big greasy breakfast and then we would just go to bars all day right and just drink green beer not like to crazy excess so like pace ourselves you know but we were right. just like from bar to bar because there's it was in halifax so they had so much mm, good right. music you know yeah yeah, yeah 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 you could feel like you're in Ireland a little oh, bit. Man, it was so good. Yeah, 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 yeah. And then inevitably, every time we would meet some very drunk Irish person mm-hmm, who would tell mm-hmm. great stories. <laughs> like, That's awesome. Anyways, invite us to visit them in Ireland, whatever. But today, I went to St. Patrick's Basilica, which is in downtown Ooh, Ottawa. Yeah. So if you've never been, it's a beautiful, beautiful basilica, and it's de- I mean, it is Irish. There's like the three, the motif of three everywhere, mm-hmm. kind of you know the three mm. leaf thingy, whatever. Right. Anyways, I just thought I was like, oh, that's going to be nice. I'm going to go to St. Pat's on on St. Patrick's Day and like go to mass and then I'll go do some writing and whatever. So I got there. The place Mm -hmm. is jam packed, like packed, packed, packed. Everyone had the same idea. Yeah, I I didn't know that they do a big thing, but apparently they do a big thing. So I'm coming out outside. There's a bagpiper on the front steps who's Mm -hmm. like bagpiping all these things. Of course he is. Oh my gosh. Everybody in the church, so many people had like shamrock ornaments on or like everybody <laughs> was wearing their like, it was like costumes almost. I'm like, oh, okay. Wow. Right. And then it was a packed place. Usually they would have a reception, which we still can't do because of COVID stuff. Um, right. Normally they would have that. And so Father Lindsay gave, or Father Lindsay, Monsignor Kevin gave this um, like a really lovely homily about, you know, the faith of the Irish, which was great. Mm. And then they had the full choir there that was like and they sang the king of love my shepherd is and I was like, oh, oh yeah that's a beautiful one beautiful. <laughs> yeah so my soul was just exploding and I was like mm. this is better than university time celebration that I would have done in the past <laughs> that's amazing Mass. Wow, wow. I love that yeah love how about that. you guys what do you do for what do you do for St. Patty's Day? I mean, I went to Western University for like my, or the University of Western Ontario for my undergrad and for law school. And Western, it's like a larger university and it's kind of known to be a party school. And I was not, I'm not a party person so much. Like I'm just too lazy for that, honestly. But like, <laughs> um, it's the truth. But people would start drinking r- like right away, mm-hmm. like literally first thing more. And I, I lived sort of downtown. There's like a student, ha- like, sort of student areas, you know, student ghettos, maybe like every, mm. like all over the place. And so on my bus ride to school on St. Patrick's day, it's just very vivid in my mind. There's like all these frat houses with just everyone's 
painted kind of green and all kinds yeah. of yeah and there's a lot of drinking and they're already drunk and it's like 10 30 and that's yeah. kind of St. Patrick's Day but then we you know I was part of like the super awesome lovely Newman club on campus and then so we did our own St. Patrick's Day which was like when I think about it it's like just so cute compared to all that so everyone like cookies gets, yeah like and- everything was green but no one was drunk and like I mean we did have beer and stuff sometimes but like it was no one you know it's nothing and I think we always had like a praise and worship session at the end of the night or right. something yes. awesome like that as so, one does on St. right on St. Patrick's yes. Day so right, yep. and that was always fun and people people did get festive and did wear green and stuff right. but yeah yeah today was kind of chill for me but I do love him I do love St. Patrick He's can I just say I just remembered dude. that when I was in elementary school and my mom would pack my lunch on St. Patrick's Day she like she would often send me to school with tuna sandwiches mm-hmm. or mm-hmm. egg salad sandwiches and every St. Patrick's Day she would dye it green so, awesome. so egg salad uh, with the mayonnaise you, with uh, amazing dyed green uh, and then I would eat it it would be awesome and oh you have like green teeth like, right I, I don't know because I don't remember <laughs> looking at myself in the mirror and being alarmed but uh, my classmates always thought so that good. I was the coolest being mm. awesome. that I feel like good. that does make you cool when you're like eight you know Right. Like, yeah. Oh, your tuna is green. That's awesome. Like, Ew. Whoa. That's whoa. cool. Yeah. 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 <laughs> totally. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. What yeah. about you, Nicole? What about you? Yeah. I was trying to remember what my like St. Patrick's Day things are because I was, you know, homeschooled and then I went to a Mennonite university that was like a dry right. campus. So, like, we had, you know, um, <laughs> so I have different stories or lack thereof. But we, I can remember that for many years, my parents and different friends in Winnipeg would get together on St. Patrick's Day. They would have like a Patrick St. Patty's Day party. And my mom had like made, sewn these vests and she mm-hmm. went to like the fabric store and nice. bought these like green, um, green and white wow. shamrock fabric, you know, mm-hmm. and then made like oversized vests to wear mm-hmm. over. And then she and my dad would wear those to this party. Um, and it would be mostly just music making. So people would bring their guitars and their fiddles and all that kind of stuff. And they would just like have some beers and drink and stuff. Mm -hmm. I was too young. I never got to go to one of those parties, Mm -hmm. but I just kind of like remember that it was cool. And that happened. I don't know. This is, I have really lame stories, you guys. Um, No, I kind of love it. (laughs) But there's some good photos of those pictures. I should see if I can find one. and maybe. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's definitely a party I want to go to. Like for sure. I know. I know. I I mean, Today and you know, so I, my sister and her husband and two kids, they live in Ireland now, and so I FaceTime my sister today, and she was wearing green, and they were selling. You know, she had a glass of wine in her hands at probably like you know three p.m. I don't know. It's like a, several hours later there. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, so there's you know there's celebrations going on there, mm-hmm. which is great. Um, but yeah, we went. I went to mass today, which is was lovely, and um, mm-hmm. St. Patrick was mentioned. Oh, this is what I was going to say. I know this is what I was going to say. Okay. We had, um, again, when I was a kid, we had this like VHS series of Catholic cartoon videos about saints right. by this company called CCC. I don't know what it was stood for. Anyway, so they had one about St. Patrick mm-hmm. and, you know, me and my sisters, when we were kids, we were always like, we just like, we loved St. Patrick. We had a huge crush on this cartoon, St. Patrick, you know? Um, and so this morning, my sister, that. who's a pianist, uh, went and recorded herself just playing the theme from that St. Patrick's Day video from when we were kids nice. and sent it to our family group chat. And it was just, you know, it brought me right back. And that's awesome. Like, oh, all the good St. Patrick vibes. 
That's so that's awesome. so cool. That's he my like Saint Patrick. That's awesome. He was like yeah. a stud like of the you know? Saint videos. Yeah, <laughs> right. You know, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like so yeah. joyful and mm-hmm. cool. cute and cool and yeah. There's yeah. like actually. The Oh yeah. Go, oh, sorry. Go, go. <laughs> no, the thing that I have is like kind of more intense and somber. So you go first. Okay. Mine seven. is not intense and somber. <laughs> it's just a video that I will post. I will like whatever link to it on Instagram or something like that of, um, it's a funny one, a cartoon one of some guy talking to St. Patrick and then St. Patrick is trying to describe the ways of the Trinity. And then the guy keeps calling him a heretic and he's like, no, Patrick, that's <laughs> modalism, you heretic. Like he's like, <laughs> oh it's, yeah. It's, it's, do you even, do you know what I'm talking about? I think about? I've seen it. Yeah, it's good. Not. It's a good one. Liam posted yeah. it. Liam was a guest last year oh, on yeah. the podcast. He talked about um his experience with OCD, and yeah, he posted it. And I remember that when I saw it again today. That's I was good. like, oh yeah, that's a fun one. Mm-hmm. That's that awesome. Okay, now your intense thing. Yeah, my intense somber thing. So I like make my own. Like I have no. I use notebooks a lot, and I um for like organizing stuff. And so I make my own calendar, like monthly calendar, mm. in my notebook. And so for the month of March, and sometimes I like just like put quotes in that I like or whatever. Mm. And so for this month, the quote that I had picked was from St. Patrick. And it's like this poem that's attributed to him. It's a really long poem. So I won't read the whole thing, mm-hmm. but it's called I Arise Today. And it's like really intense. Oh, yeah. yeah. So Nathan just, and I prayed that together today, actually. Really? Yeah. I pray you? it every yeah. day. Yeah. Oh, no way. Do you? Oh, my gosh. I did not. This mm. is cool. Okay. That's so awesome. I, I just I didn't really know it at all before I like wrote it in my in my notebook. So I'm just going to read the beginning part of it because I think it's really cool. So he says, I rise today through a mighty strength, the invocation of the Trinity, through a belief in threeness, through confession of the oneness of the creator of creation. Mm-hmm. And then it just keeps going. And it's so good. It's just actually so epic. Yeah. It's like, I mm-hmm. love it. So love it it's end, like salvation is the Lord. Salvation is the Lord. Yeah. Salvation is Christ. May <laughs> thy salvation, O Lord, be always with us. It's like, gosh, Aaron, oh, like that's amazing. Of words. Yeah. I love Aaron's going to do oh. a dramatic uh, right. reading <laughs> of the poem I rise today and post on Instagram uh, after. There we you go. Read. Oh yes, please. That'd be great. That'd be good. All right. Well, on you know, to do list. Good. Yeah. Yeah, that is good. Um, another thing that St. Patrick was um, reported to, or that's attributed to him, is that he banished the snakes from Ireland. Mm-hmm. I see where you're this going is, with this. You see where we're going with this? Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. Um, yeah. So speaking of snakes, actually, that's kind of our theme today is um, is snakes. So we're we're going to read a passage from from the Old Testament, from the book of Exodus, right? Mm-hmm. And um, and it is about when the Israelites are uh, in the desert and they're um, not super happy. And then God allows, and they're complaining and God allows snakes to come and the snakes are biting them and they're dying. And then they're upset about the snakes. And so, um, well, I'll, I'll read it. And, and Moses lifts up the snake and they have to look at it and they'll be healed. So, mm-hmm. um, so we're going to read that. So it's this, this scripture about the, the source of, of the pain for the source of their suffering, right? These snakes became that which brought them healing, right? Erin, you have a mm-hmm. quote that you wanted to share about yeah, this, Yeah, right? there was like a series from um, Father Dave Pavanka, just called Freedom, I think. And in it, there's the line, the source of our suffering becomes the focus of our faith, which is such mm-hmm. a beautiful, yeah, yeah. Right. So that is our scripture today that we will we'll meditate on and, and share, you know, what resonates with us. We invite you to do the same. From Mount Hor, they set out on the Red Sea Road to bypass the land of Edom. 
But with their patience worn out by the journey, the people complained against God and Moses. Why have you brought us up from Egypt to die in this desert, where there is no food or water? We are disgusted with this wretched food. In punishment, the Lord sent among the people seraph serpents, which bit the people so that many of them died. Then the people came to Moses and said, We have sinned in complaining against the Lord and you. Pray the Lord to take the serpents from us. So Moses prayed for the people, and the Lord said to Moses, Make a seraph and mount it on a pole. And if anyone who has been bitten looks at it, he will recover. Moses accordingly made a bronze serpent and mounted it on a pole. And whenever anyone who had been bitten by a serpent looked at the bronze serpent, he recovered. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's actually, um, that was my bad. That one is actually from the book of Numbers. Ah. Uh, it is, um, it is Numbers chapters, uh, chapter 20. So I think it's verses four to nine. It, okay. That's a lie. I'm looking at it. It's from the, <laughs> the Saturday, the office of readings in the fourth week of Lent. So like about two weeks from now it will come up. Um, and it is, Numbers chapters 20 and 21, but they skip a few verses. So I think this okay. is from chapter 21, verses 4 to 9. So that's, okay. if, if you're looking at it, gotcha. it's approximately Good. that. There you right. go. Cool, cool, cool. Um, I remember realizing that, you know, the symbol for like all medical people, which is a serpent on a stick, that that yes. is the reference. I remember being kind of wowed by that, that it's because I wondered like, why is this on ambulances? You know, oh, right. um, but yeah. realizing like that's the, reference. I didn't know that that was the actual reference. Like it oh, makes, really? I think yeah. so. No, I mean, it is. I'm, I'm totally pretty sure that it is. Yeah. Yeah. So on, on this topic of, of the source of our suffering becoming the source of our faith. And I, I don't remember the exact quote. How does this, what, what does this inspire, make you think of? How does this resonate with you two ladies? Honestly, one of the first things that struck me when you were reading was, wait, like the Lord. So the people were complaining about, you know, where they were at, which there's so much there even, which is not the part we're focusing on. But I always think about how God leads us into freedom, which is what he had done, right? He's freed them from Egypt, but then freedom is hard sometimes. Mm. It's hard. And you, you forget Mm. what enslavement was like. And you start to be Mm -hmm. like, I hate, I hate this whole freedom thing. You know, I think all of us who have made a decision to follow Jesus and, and be in relationship with him, we come across those like those crosses in our lives or those rough patches where like, I, wouldn't it just be easier to, you know, sometimes you have that thought where you're like, would it, why am I following the Lord? If it's so, it's going to be just as hard if, you know, or whatever. And so I think it's so understandable how the people were complaining, but then it's, it's this lack of perspective that they had, right? Like you, you've lost your perspective in that, in that moment. And it was so interesting to me because I don't think I realized, yeah, the Lord sent the serpents. That part, I was like, oh, I never noticed that. Like he sort mm-hmm. of, and I, I've never thought about that before. Like, and right. I, I haven't really heard any sermons preached about it, or I've never read anything about like, what does that mean that the Lord yeah. sent the serpent? I mean, I think too, with, with that, I'm always, <laughs> I always like, I'd never want to think of God as sending suffering because I don't think that's yeah. how that works. And right. so I remember when I was studying this passage in one of my Bible, um, Bible literature classes in undergrad and them talking about how, um, you know, these books are written in the context of the historical, um, understanding of God at the time, which yes. is of God, that every, everything is 
directly caused by God. And it's not this concept of, of the fallen world or that, Mm -hmm. that there's a sinful world and sometimes bad things happen, you know, those kind of Mm -hmm. things. And so everything was described as then God did this. And then God said to do that. And there was not as much, um, consciousness of our own participation in some of the, the icky parts of, of the world. So I, that's just like a little caveat mm-hmm. of that, of like, of that, that phrasing comes from a particular mm-hmm. time and a historical context too. But yeah. but yeah, but that's a hugely important thing, right? Like if you're, yeah, like if you're ever reading or whatever, like the, the, the con, the concept of his, like his antecedent will, that is what he wills directly. And, but then there's his permissive will, you know, like what mm-hmm. he will allow um, for, but he only, even in that, like he only allows things that somehow, I mean, he can transform everything, right? Every bad thing he can transform and have it be like redeeming and redemptive, mm-hmm. but he would not allow something if it was not possible for that to be, I mean, it's hard to say, right? Because yeah. right. he can transform everything on one hand, but he wouldn't allow something that couldn't be, um, redemptive. But also I wonder, but, yeah. This gets into the whole problem of evil, which is like well, a whole other thing. But yeah, a whole sorry, go ahead. Episode, yeah. yeah. Well, I, I wonder if it's not even so much like it's connected, right? Like this, it's it's mm-hmm. not like he doesn't he doesn't send. It, I don't I don't remember the word punishment there or something like that. But like mm-hmm. I I I don't, and it, that's not the impression that sort of leaves me. Just even as a prayer, like praying with this sort of passage or listening to it in prayer, it's like it almost. And this is, again, this is not, you know, a scholarly kind of read of it. It's very much maybe a personal or, or a kind of sense of it. But I wonder if it's almost like a wake up call, not in a, not in a like, Hey, I'm going to send you suffering and, and for, but like just kind of a reorientation. Cause the loss over here is like a loss of perspective. And maybe the Lord is like using this situation to re recognate everybody, you know, be like, Hey, mm-hmm. Hey, there's, it's freedom that you were created for. And it's freedom that I'm leading you to. And that this incident is somehow connected with that regaining a perspective here. And I don't know. Cause yeah, it is suffering. They are suffering. Um, but part of me is just like, I wonder if it's just a story about a loss of perspective and God sort of working through the situation to help them come back to to themselves, you know, cause it's almost a loss of yourself. I think when you completely are like unplugged from reality, which is kind of where they were, they forgot why they were in the desert. They forgot what led them out there and what they mm. were leaving and what they were going towards, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, well, and it was a long time, right? Like they were, it wasn't like they were in the desert for a week. Like yeah. they were in the desert for 40 years. They were in the desert yeah. for actually generations. Like there was a yeah. generation of people who didn't know Egypt. Like they didn't right. even, they hadn't really experienced that. So they, so then they're born into whatever they're growing up in the, or they were too young to remember it. And so they're just growing Growing up, and so all they know is this existence, which is like we get quail in the morning, and we get manna, or we get manna in the morning, we get quail yeah, at night. Were, right. That's all we get to eat. We only get to drink fresh water when they tap the rock, and then they get us into, like this is the worst. This is the worst. This is the worst. Yeah. yeah, but it really is like exactly like you're talking about, Rachel. It's it's like um, it it becomes possible at some point in our life really to forget the bondage mm-hmm. that we were in, and to forget yeah. it so intensely that it's like it never even happened 
like yeah. to forget it so right. profoundly that it wasn't even that we can't even recall what that experience was like, you know. Right. And there's historical things. I mean, I was listening to um, the radio the other day, and they were talking about how the rise of um, like Holocaust denying mm. is is there's a rise of that of people denying that the Holocaust happened and that the people who actually were Holocaust survivors, like there's not many of them left because right. they're getting older and so on. And so that we're forgetting, we're forgetting. And when we forget history, then history can repeat itself. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think this is just like a human thing. Like we forget the the bondage. We forget the terrible things that have happened. We forget the freedom mm-hmm. that we gain. We forget, we forget what God did. We forget the repentance. And then we kind of it's like going through these cycles of, of repentance and then falling into sin again and then repentance and then falling into sin again. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, on so many levels. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. When I, when I was reading this, I think what, what came to mind is, um, I rem- I think it's mother Teresa. I'm sure many saints have, have talked about this, but how, um, the most accurate, view of our reality is to see ourselves as sinners and to see also at the same instant through the lens of God's mercy. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. And so, and I think of this in the same way where they would go look and at the bronze sermon and they're reminded like, Oh yeah, we were complaining. And now this, these bad things happen. Like we, we brought this on ourselves and in the same instant they're being healed. Um, yeah. And so it's that willingness to look on their own kind of sinfulness that, and, and that repent, if you're able, if they're able to be honest with themselves and just kind of face it, then there's healing that comes. Um, and so, I don't know. I just think that's a a beautiful thing too, that so often, um, I don't want to look at the stuff about myself that I don't like. And I think there's, we have as humans, so many very skilled and nuanced psychological defense mechanisms so that we Mm -hmm. don't have to look at our own stuff. Stuff. Right. Um, and yet sometimes, and, and not only stuff as in like, okay, we all got sort of stuff or things to grow in, but like our own areas of, of true sinfulness, like that where we're, we're stuck and where we're not, um, whole, Mm -hmm. but that, um, that there's an invitation during Lent to, to look upon ourselves honestly and through that for the Lord to start to bring healing into those areas of our life. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Yeah. There's it's true. Th- definitely something there because it is so interesting. I think that I love how you said that Nicole, because that kind of brings a new understanding to me of like the serpent being the thing that brings healing, you know, like mm-hmm. that, it that this idea that we, God is calling us to face ourselves. Like that's really important and to face what's broken there and to our maybe surprise, but what his promises to us is that if you do that, I will like, you'll find that I'm there. You'll find that in your brokenness and your worst places, that's where I'm waiting for you because that's where I want to heal you. That's where I'm going to bring like this really, really deep healing. Cause I'm not mm-hmm. afraid of looking. I'm not afraid of those places. Right. I know those yeah. places, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So right. he's just kind of encouraging us in some ways. Like that's what I heard and how you sort of heard yeah. this, you know, like that we don't have, yeah, we don't, we don't have to be afraid of our sinfulness because yeah. God is perfectly capable of making us whole. Um, yeah. and it takes and time, but yeah, yeah, it takes time, but it's like, uh, I think part of the challenge of it too, is exactly like if you're, if you're looking at 
like picturing this whole group of people, like this whole nation of like thousands upon thousands of people who are in the wilderness and there are snakes everywhere. Like there are these snakes coming. There's like, you imagine the mm. culture, like the the situation mm. that they would have been in of like the fear, fear of like, you know, like, and then to actually have Moses <laughs> come and say like, or Aaron or whoever puts the snake on, I think. Moses, yeah. Moses, yeah. yeah. Okay, good. Um, <laughs> to have Moses come and say like, here, we're going to make, make one out of bronze and you have to, you have to look at it. Like even the, even just like, I'm actually thinking right now about this conversation that I had with my cousin the other day, we were talking about bugs because <laughs> she has this issue with spiders in her backyard. And, mm. and it's like, not just a normal spider issue. It is like these aggressive wow. guys who are okay. <laughs> big and there's so many of them and she mm. anyway so I was telling her about when I was in I, one of the places that I lived at in Toronto uh, Toronto um is had this like it was like a centipede infestation oh and, yeah and like it was there were actually a couple places but one place in particular which was taught like they were everywhere so bad that right. the the roommate that I had would sleep with her light on because she was oh. too afraid to like have something in there or you know anyway and it was sorry like I know it's disgusting (laughs) but it's that feeling of like Mm, there's nowhere safe look and Mm. like there is nowhere safe like you're afraid to look for what you might see but you're also afraid to look for what you might not see that might be there and you don't know it's there and it's like it's feel it's like this impossible situation where there's just fear you know yeah and somebody is saying like no look at it like yeah mm-hmm. you have to look at it the, like the that creates mm. this like chasm where it takes incredible strength like mm. courage huge courage to actually look and to even like leap into this un, like to propel yourself closer to something that is the very source of your horror and your like mm. yeah it is yeah know? and to and to trust that somehow yeah the good, this is what will bring you freedom is like, yeah, it yeah. is harder than we give it credit for. Yeah. I think, sometimes. Totally. You know, I'm, I'm thinking of moments in my own, um, walk with different like therapists and counselors and stuff. And I remember a moment a, a while back, several months ago where, um, I was talking about a situation with my counselor and, um, just sharing, that I felt, I felt stuck in a certain situation. And, and this, this, so I was, a, because I was afraid that if, if I made such and such decision that this, all these things would happen. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was so interesting because she, what she asked me to do is she's okay, that there's that fear there. And that was where I was like, like there was tears there and it was just, it was such a fear. She was like, can we, can we sit with that fear for a second? Can we just, um, let yourself, really experience what that would feel like. Let's say that, that you make this decision and you do experience these terrible outcomes. Let's just, let's just, can we just sit that with that for a minute? And it was, everything in me was like, no, no. like this is, it was like terrified, but also I felt, I felt safe enough in this therapeutic context and a really good relationship with her, um, that I was, I could, I did that. So we sat there and I, I just, I cried for for a few minutes. Um, and I talked about what this would be like. And I just, I just sort of let myself experience it. And it was awful. (laughs) Like it was the worst. But after that, I was no longer afraid of that. Mm. It was because I was like, I actually handled 
this moment, I was, I went through it. I've walked through, like walked on the burning coals, so to speak. And, um, and realized like, I actually, the Lord is with me. (laughs) The Lord is Mm -hmm. with me and just had this confidence. And even at the end of the conversation, she said, you know, whatever you choose, you've now sort of emotionally faced some of this stuff without, you know, before I had been trying not to think about these things, right. Mm -hmm. Let myself think about it. So just, just that, yeah, that, that, um, that there's such freedom that comes from allowing us ourselves to experience fears and things like even just on a psychological level in terms of of our human growth and healing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think another thing that struck me as you guys were kind of sharing about this is the idea that they had to pray. Like, so before God didn't just automatically like send the snakes and tell Moses, like, you know, construct this other one. It's like the snakes came and then the people had to pray. Hmm. The people had to be a part of that. The people had to turn back to the Lord, like voluntarily. Right. And then they, and yeah, and they said, yeah, well, they complained first. And then I think, I mean, this is kind of to go back to maybe a little bit of, of exegetical principles as well from like old Testament stuff. They also had a a different sense of justice than we do where it it was, it was, you know, retributive justice, which is, which is, is, you know, when you do a bad thing, there's a bad consequence. And that was actually considered more merciful than other kinds of justice mm-hmm. in sort of some parts of the ancient world. So, so it was actually a step in the right direction, but like, so the idea might be, and I don't know for sure, but it might be like, oh, they were complaining. And as a connection in connection to this bad thing that they did, there was this bad consequence that happened, which is the snakes that came. Mm-hmm. And so then they turned back to God and the end mm-hmm. Moses prays. And then it is huge that when Moses prays, God uses the very instrument, like the reminder of the bad thing that they did to bring them healing. And the message partly also being like, it's, it's what, you know, father Pavanka said, like through some of the most terrible mistakes or sinful actions of your life, if you give them back to God, even having consciously rejected God and consciously walked away from him. If you turn back and you give those moments back to him, like not only does he take you back, but he can actually bring new life and like transformation through those very acts of terrible things that you Mm -hmm. did. We see that all throughout the saints lives, right? Like St. Augustine Mm -hmm. is a great example, but like so many saints where they have these crazy returning stories back to God and like, and, you know, and, and then all of those parts of their lives were used to glorify God mm-hmm. and were used mm-hmm. to yeah. bring about new life for them yeah. and for others. Yeah. Like there's food yeah. that would be born out of those places, yeah. you know, which is, yeah. it's crazy. Like, and it can come from the, cause that's the other thing too, is even if you look at this, like there's like, I could imagine even a sense where they're just so desperate, like they're it's, and it's their desperation is what finally brings them to, right. to ask, like, to look at it to, mm-hmm. you know, and for us too, I think sometimes it, it can be like, it can be like that. It's not like, it's not like we have the suffering and then we're like, oh good. Okay. I'm going to bring it to the Lord. And like, sometimes yeah. it's like that, but yeah. a lot of times it's not a lot of times it's totally. like, we, we're just so good at avoiding it or just have so much fear, whatever it is that it takes coming to this place of desperation that the Lord will allow, like, will allow us to kind of come into so that he can like reach into that and help us look. And then, I mean, for, um, 
like for those of you who are thinking about, I don't think we've actually explicitly mentioned it, but of course the the serpent on the pole is an image of what will come in Jesus and the cross, mm-hmm. right? Like it's a they call, right. it's called like typology, right? So you have this type in the Old Testament of mm-hmm. you have to look at at this serpent in order to receive healing, and so if we're looking at the the cross, like this is the place where all of our sin is. It is the place where all of our sin crucified our Savior and. We have right. a responsibility for that. Mm-hmm. So to look at that and to look at and like mm-hmm. all, it's where all of the sin is that other people have committed that has hurt us. All of their mm-hmm. sin is there too. So it's like it's all mm-hmm. there. And we have to, it's like being with Christ and looking, looking at it, like looking at everything that's contained there with him is mm-hmm. um is like this is where our healing comes from, but it also mm-hmm. is really difficult. And sometimes it takes us coming to desperate places before we're willing to, to be there. Yeah. In it, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And you know, there's something really practical in that Aaron that, that I'm thinking about um, talking with my sister and um, both of us were going through sort of just hard stuff uh, several months ago and we were talking and, she was, she was sharing that what she was doing is she just had a crucifix in her room. And whenever she was feeling, you know, just going through her stuff, she would just look at it, (laughs) just look at Jesus on the cross and meditate on the wounds of Christ and meditate on that. Um, and how that brought her such consolation and peace. And, um, so I started doing that sometimes when I was, I remember a particularly painful, um, thing that I was going through and just in this moment, just being like, okay, I'm just going to look at Jesus. I'm just going to imagine Jesus on the cross. I'm just going to meditate on his wounds. And they're coming such like, um, like union with him and peace in that, where it was just remembering that I, what I'm going through, he understands on a totally Mm -hmm. different level and I'm not alone in this. This is, um, and so just that that's also like, like you're talking about Aaron, like a beautiful invitation for us to, um, Jesus became the snake. <laughs> He's, you know, like you said, the typology of that. So we have him and we can, we can still look at him on the cross and like yep. look at an image on the cross. And that yep. can be a really beautiful thing for us too. And God reached in, like he reached into the experience of the Israelites and he transformed it. And yeah. this is like, this is the whole thing of redemptive suffering, right? Is that suffering, like God entered into our human suffering so deeply that he transformed it. And he, he, married suffering and and redemption you know Mm -hmm. so like it's like when I remember that in in my own suffering somehow it's like it becomes a little bit easier to be there even if Mm -hmm. the feeling or the experience of it hasn't changed it's like because the meaning of it has changed because Jesus brought a new meaning to suffering and it's a meaning of redemption like it just it somehow changes it changes it from being like this place of hopelessness or fear or whatever to this place of hope, this place of salvation, this place of mm-hmm. like goodness in an impossible way. Like, how can yeah, that be? Yeah. You know, a man yeah. nailed to a cross, dying right. in agony, and it's a place of goodness. Like, that's yeah, yeah. yeah. <sighs> um, in we, I was just talking to Aaron about this before we were, we were recording, but the Abiding Together podcast is going through a Lenten series as well, and they're talking about connections between the Lenten practices and healing, like, and how God, how through each different practice, like fasting and prayer and all these kinds of things, God is doing a work of healing in our lives and like helping us to become more integrated and healed. 
And I was just thinking like the cross really is, is, and this is the the type that's depicted in this old Testament story, but the mm-hmm. cross really is just one big act of healing. It's like this big act of love. It's also mm-hmm. this, this just giant kind of healing, this rift between, between God mm-hmm. and us that we created that we could not possibly solve on our own, you know, and it's kind of just a really cool image in this old Testament story to see the Israelites in this pot, in this, in this spot where they're like, we cannot help ourselves. We cannot save ourselves. And then this image that they look on for healing. Mm-hmm. Um, and then then to see Jesus is, you know, his passion, which is what we're working our way to right in Le- during Lent as this, just this giant mm-hmm. act of healing. Um, and the exciting part is I think for us in our Lenten practices or in our little kind of during the day, I think, you know, looking on the crucifix and uniting our little sacrifices with mm-hmm. God's and, 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 and being open to the healing that he might be wanting to mm-hmm. do in us, you know, um, through that, through that exchange and through that, uh, relation relationship mm-hmm. that's, that's deepening. Um, yeah. And it's just, it makes Lent so much more than just, you know, like oh, I gave up chocolate or I gave up, not that that's bad. That's wonderful. I haven't because it's too hard for yeah. me actually. <laughs> but, um, you know, I think I, yeah, it just makes it more exciting to be like, yeah, like these mm. little things that I'm doing, Jesus wants to heal me in, in ways that I don't even know. And, mm. um, yeah, bring new life, you know, and that's really what we're working towards, what we're journeying towards like the mm-hmm. Lenten desert, you know? Mm. Yeah. That's beautiful. Yeah. That's beautiful. That's a good way to end it off, I think, Rachel. Yeah. Oh. Bye. <laughs> See ya. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks for listening. See you later. Bye. Um, good. Yeah. Well, Thano, thank you all for, for staying with us in this podcast. And if you have other insights on the scripture, we'd love to hear them. Feel free to mm-hmm. send us an email or a message or an Instagram or however you like to communicate. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Thank you. Okay. Erin, I think you have a God wink for us. Yes. I do have a God wink for us. So, um, I recently at one of the parishes that's close to me, I noticed that they didn't have any music at the 7 PM mass. And I was like, this seems very sad now that we can not sing all together and stuff. Mm. (laughs) Um, and I think it was just because during COVID they had like some people who kind of went away and were not coming to mass, even when they, people were allowed to still, whatever. So, um, I am doing music there every second week, but the first, the very first week that I did it, I I was like, it was the first week of Lent, you know, so I'm doing all the stuff and this little kid, the whole mass, um, cute little kid who's like sitting in one of the front rows. He just kept looking at me and giving me the two thumbs up and going, good job. Good job. <laughs> that's amazing. Oh my Aww. gosh. That's so cute. I love that. So cute. And so I was like in the Lord, because I was like, okay, Lord, I just need to like, cause it feels like a big, it feels like a big, um, commitment for me just with like health wise and stuff. I always want to make sure that I'm very careful with what I commit to, mm-hmm. that it's not going to be too much so that I'm yeah. going to have to like renege on my commitments or whatever, right. you know? Mm-hmm. So anyways, it was like this little thing of like the Lord being like, no, no, it's just keep going. Good job. Good job. Good job. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Aw. So cute. I, I love, love that. that. And his mom was so embarrassed. She's like, I'm sorry. Are you kidding <laughs> me? Like, it was, yeah, you're like, please come every right week. Now. Yeah. yeah right. Exactly. <laughs> oh, that's good. Oh, that I love that. Good. Thanks for sharing that story. Yeah. Cool. All right. Everyone, thanks for listening. And we are looking forward to sharing with you again next week. Yeah. On Thank Metanoia you. and Peace to Tay. Wow. And I did not swear that was <laughs> no. Sounds like it, but it's not. <laughs> Stay tuned. Stay All right. Tuned. Bye, Bye, everybody. God bless Bye. you guys. Bye. <laughs> 
Thank you for joining us for this episode of In the Thicket. If you like what you hear, give us a rating and hit that subscribe button. We have new episodes every Monday with more stories and honest conversations about life when the going gets rough and the hope and humor amidst it all. We'd love for you to join our community on Instagram and Facebook at In the Thicket Podcast. While you're there, let us know how we can pray for you. God bless and see you next week.